0: Hello and welcome to Amanda's well-being podcast a podcast where we discuss all things relating to your well-being Ranging from nutrition to physical and mental health. I am Amanda Hayes your host a nutritionist with a passion for health and well-being Before I introduce today's guest I will take a moment to let you know that you can subscribe to my podcast on YouTube hit the red subscribe button and the notification bell or on your favourite podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify or Google Play. I will also mention that, although I will often be speaking with experts, any information or advice provided on Amanda's Wellbeing podcast is not intended to be used to treat, cure or prevent injuries or medical conditions, and is not a substitute for advice from your own health professionals. Today I'm here with Charlotte Weigold. Hello, Charlotte. Hi. And welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast. Thank you. Charlotte is a registered psychologist with a practice in Adelaide, South Australia. Charlotte says that understanding how and why you behave the way you do allows for targeted treatment and effective change. So let's learn more about that. So Charlotte, can you tell us a bit about your path to becoming a psychologist? and also what inspired you to study psychology?
1: Yes, well, so when I started at uni I did psychology as a subject and um, enjoyed it but didn't continue it. Swapped to economics with the sort of more mathematics base but and completed a Bachelor of Economics but went and worked as a management consultant. I took a graduate position with Price Waterhouse, and I Didn't really enjoy that. Did a few different things, but eventually made my way back to psychology. So that gets back to reading this book. So it gets back to reading this book that was my mum's book, Um, a book that she had read, and it was about hypnosis with anxiety and depression. Right. And so I looked into actually studying hypnosis.
0: Wow. Mm. And was that driven by the thought that you could help people or,
1: yeah or it interest. was it was an interest in helping people it was an interest in the spiritual side mm-hmm. and at that stage to study hypnosis you you had to already have a graduate degree which i already right. had but you needed to be a health professional so oh, okay. GP psychiatrist psychologist dentist So I thought, well, if hypnosis is something I want to look into further, I need to get another undergraduate degree in psychology.
0: Okay. And then once you had graduated, did you work for somebody or set up your own practice?
1: I I did both. I set up my own practice just for a day a week um, while I was doing supervised training, and at the same time, I was working at Pulteney as their school psychologist. Oh, wow. So I was doing a bit of both. Mm-hmm. And I was also doing a graduate diploma in hypnosis. Wow. So I did three at the same time.
0: That sounds pretty busy.
1: It was a busy time. Yeah. It was a very busy time. And then I, after working at Poultney, which I loved, I took a year's leave without pay to focus on my private practice and... I didn't actually
0: go back. So you never look back. Yeah, yeah. And in your private practice today, do you have a main client base in terms of age and gender, or do you see any anyone?
1: I do see anyone, uh, but my main client base is adolescents. Yeah, I thought I find, so. Just from moving out of the school mm-hmm. system, and um, yeah, I love them.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that's great. Yeah,
1: they're great group to work
0: with and it must be very rewarding being able to help young people
1: it is yeah. it's really rewarding because you're making a change that's going to see them mm. through a large proportion that will of their life
0: last mm. last yeah. and help them
1: and they're really open to suggestion and open to change and hmm.
0: yeah and I think also for young people talking to someone they trust who's not their parent is is a good thing yeah Um, so back to hypnosis because I'm Mm. absolutely fascinated by that Mm -hmm. Um, I was just wondering if you can tell us what exactly is hypnosis
1: right there are lots of definitions of hypnosis what's your
0: definition
1: so my definition would be it's like a focused state of relaxation and um, it's different to relaxation but it's a guided relaxation where you almost distract the conscious mind so that you can work with the unconscious mind.
0: And can you walk us through how you hypnotize someone in terms of what does the tr- the um, process involve like how do you get your clients ready and how long does it take?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah so hypnosis is really just one of the tools that I use so I really would um well, no one ever comes to me just for hypnosis. Right. They they present with um, behaviour issues or change. They want some change or some intervention. And I could use CBT, which is mm-hmm. the Medicare-endorsed endorsed, uh, tool, or I could use hypnosis. So if hypnosis is something they'd like to look into... I would talk them through it, mm-hmm. give them an explanation of what it might feel like, what it what give them a definition yeah. and varying definitions of what it is, and then we might. I mean, the most important thing is to get to know them and have mm-hmm. a, a relationship of trust. Um, otherwise, nothing will change, and that's the same for most therapy. Right. All therapy with me, and so we develop that relationship. Look at what they're wanting to change mm-hmm. and see if that is actually. The best thing right to do, because someone might come and say, "I want to change this, I want you to use hypnosis to help me with this, and it may not actually lead to a successful outcome so there 's a lot of um, understanding and discussion that goes into before hypnosis, mm-hmm. understanding what the intervention might look like once we decide that 's what we 're going to do, I might conduct an induction, which is a um, leading someone into hypnosis through guided relaxation mm-hmm. a deepener and um, let them feel it and then walk them out again so it's like a disengagement right and most people just enjoy that for the relaxation benefits
0: and to people I've never been hypnotized so do people remember it or not
1: uh, yes not always straight right. away um they will often remember the guided relaxation right. and the deep no, if that's no. if that's the method you choose some people have different methods of doing it uh people will often tell me that their suggestions the suggestions that i might embed or the metaphors mm-hmm. that i use come to them <laughs> oh that's interesting afterwards and they will ask me at the next mm-hmm. session did you suggest that this oh wow and fascinating yeah yeah there's no secrets though so I'm very open to discussing um what has happened in hypnosis yes. with people straight afterwards. Some people are very alert and focused through a hypnosis session and know exactly what's going on. Oh that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Are some people easier to hypnotise than others?
1: Definitely. Right. Yeah oh, and that's... that is because um if you're very uh sceptical you right. wouldn't relax okay. and open yourself to it. So there isn't a hypnotizer, a hypna. There's a scale. Oh, <laughs> I <right>, see. <laughs> you are hypnotized. <laughs> um, that used to be used. I mean, I don't think people use it anymore. But mostly, it's practice. It's like anything. It's right. practice, like meditation. Okay. And, and I would encourage people to go home and practice self-hypnosis and talking themselves into a state of relaxation and talking themselves out and meditating all of those things contribute to how successful you will be as oh i see a recipient so
0: practice hypnosis. like anything like meditation yeah well that that's mm. it sounds very different from the kind of hypnosis you might see on television <laughs> or i know. do think those stage yeah.
1: hypnotists do do it a disservice because yeah that's a very instructive um hypnosis where the the client or the the person on stage the whatever you want to call them um it looks very permissive and lacks yeah. control and yes. and that's not the way it is that you've got complete control and it's really important to be interacting right with hypnosis and so
0: you you're having a conversation then during the you hypnosis can do, i
1: mean it's not common, but you can do. I, I see. mean, there's some people who will ask questions and make it very interactive, but right. some people don't like that. But it, the most important thing is it's not done to you, it's done with you. With you. Yeah.
0: And what are some examples of the kind of problems that respond well to hypnosis?
1: Well, behaviour change right. is a, is a big one. So if someone's got a behaviour that they want to... Um, understand better mm-hmm. uh, or want to stop so it could be something to do with smoking or right. um, eating uh, and and they're interesting ones because they often happen there's often a bit of dissociation which happens in those behaviours yeah, where people sure. are fully aware of what they're doing when they're doing it um, uh, yeah that's, uh, people can do it for gambling right um, uh, I, can people
0: do it for things that they uh, that are unconscious, like, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, if you had some kind of a nervous tick, or is that a different thing? Uh,
1: the, a nervous tick is a little bit more difficult to yeah. manage with. I mean, it's possible, but mm-hmm. it's difficult to manage with hypnosis, because unless you can uncover what the... Trigger is, right. and then you can approach the trigger I see. in hypnosis, yeah, makes and your sense. response to that. Um, certainly, things like nail biting, but again, that is often um, more uh, happens more in a dissociated state. People mm. don't realise what they're doing, and before they know it, their hands are in their mouth. But yes. you can you can set up a series of behaviours where you become more conscious of your unconscious behaviours. So that would be um, embedded in a suggestion or a metaphor. In a right. hypnosis session,
0: so becoming mm. aware of
1: yeah. it is awareness because there's a there's a sense of mindlessness to some of the habits. Mm, that we I'm have. sure. I'm sure.
0: Mm. And with eating, that's an interesting one. Is that to help people that perhaps overeat without realising it, that kind of thing? Or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is, and and you do have to be careful with eating. Behaviors. I'm sure
0: it's a tricky area. It's mm. a
1: really tricky area. So you. You want to understand what's behind disordered eating before mm. you start treating it. Um, if people are eating without noticing it, then that's different, you know. But yeah. it, it's never happening on its own.
0: No, and I guess for something like that, you need a whole team, don't you, doctors? Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's disordered
1: eating yeah. to, to have doctors, nutritionists and um, on board. But my approach is always it's just not a problem that presents just with food no and so I would be looking at what other sort of issues are present and they Mm. may not be treatable in hypnosis right that might be something that has to be treated in a different way
0: right um oh well I guess as we said you need to work with a team in those situations Mm. um and then if we move on a bit to relaxation because you said they're linked can you tell us a little bit about what relaxation does for people and some tips perhaps on good ways to relax
1: Mm. relaxation is good for everyone it just lowers the heart rate essentially right and so yes hypnosis involves a state of relaxation and it often often results in a feeling of relaxation but you can certainly have relaxation without hypnosis and so I encourage people to um, practice relaxation often through meditation, right? Because it's guided relaxation mm. and it's it's helpful.
0: Mm. And I guess um, it gives someone a program to follow, doesn't it? it then, does. if you it follow does. a guided meditation, yeah. for example.
1: And mm. if people present to me with symptoms of anxiety, there's just no harm in learning yeah. relaxation skills, and it it will most commonly help with symptoms mm. of anxiety.
0: And. Do you think people don't relax enough in our modern days? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to generalise, obviously, but...
1: Yes, I do think people don't relax enough, and I think what people categorise as relaxation often isn't. Right. And so it might be, you know, playing on their phone or... Um, I see. ...activities, but it may not be lowering the heart rate. It mm. may not be offering you what you need to get. So that's where I think meditation is the safest form of relaxation because you probably know you're getting something out of it. Mm. So 10 minutes of meditation. There was a study that, uh, which I can't remember who it was, but I read it, that said that 10 minutes of meditation offers the the benefits, psychological and physical benefits of 44 extra minutes of sleep. Wow. So if you're sleep deprived, and I, I can't quite remember whether that was through heart rate um you know less vulnerability Mm. to disease or how it was measured but
0: but it's obviously beneficial it stuck with me 10 Mm. to
1: 44 yeah
0: and the other thing that goes on a little bit from relaxation is uh social media um because sitting down as you say and playing phone games is not a form of relaxation Mm. Mm. but social media you wrote a blog post about social media and it's all pervasive these days and I wondered if you could give our listeners just some tips on how to manage social media
1: yeah I encourage my clients to be more mindful of their time on social media and and that's my adolescent clients and my adult clients uh, because uh, often Adults and parents set a bad example mm. by fiddling with their phone. It's, it's habitual. Yes. And there's a mindle- mindlessness to it where um, you just lose track of time. It's a bit hypnotic, actually. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I came up with an idea with one of my clients that she sets alarms on her phone just to become aware of the time so you might keep a record of it. And that way you can look at it and see who's in control of who
0: yeah and you can mm-hmm. probably be a bit more analytical then yeah I, expect. I
1: think so and make a choice because if you're not mindful about it you're not making the choice yes so, i think
0: because phones are so portable and e- they're so easy just to pick up aren't they they are they yeah.
1: are but self-monitoring is the way you want to go it's it's not as useful for parents to monitor their child's online I see. behavior I mean, it's a certainly you know a last resort, but mm. if you can encourage your child to self-monitor, um, it's got longevity.
0: Yeah, it certainly it. does because mm. the parents aren't always going to be around, are they? <laughs> no, no, and it tra- yeah.
1: self-monitoring translates to all aspects.
0: Yeah, it's life. a form of discipline, isn't mm. it? Mm. And then, um, just the final question that I like to ask all my guests: if you could recommend two things that all people could do to improve their well-being, what would they be?
1: It's hard to come up I with two. Know. I know.
0: Two, <laughs> two's not very many.
1: Um, but probably the one that would always come to mind is be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Mm-hmm. That's a big mantra of mine. I think if you're kind to yourself, you're going to benefit. And if you're kind to others, even if you're not kind to yourself, you benefit. So that's a big one for me. Um, so my second one would be Uh, being more present and enjoying the present and um, not looking back even though looking back can be useful when you're looking at past achievements Mm -hmm. and using them to build strength and look at your strengths and and go forward and looking forward can be useful for goal-setting but looking back's not good with hindsight and regret and looking forward's not good if you're planning away your future so just spend more time in yeah. the present and enjoy the present because it's usually pretty good
0: yes and that's very much linked in as well with meditation and mindfulness it isn't is it is it is you know appreciating yeah. what's happening right now mm. and trying to enjoy it mm, exactly mm. Well, thank you very much charlotte
1: my pleasure
0: and that was charlotte weigold if you would like to connect with charlotte or learn more about her psychology practice you can visit her website at www.CharlotteWygoldPsychology.com and I will put a link to her website in the show notes. You can subscribe to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and while you're there, click on the bell to be alerted when new episodes are available. You can also subscribe on your favourite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify and Google Play. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Direct links to all social media can be found on the subscribe page of my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website. Please feel free to suggest topics you'd like to learn more about and people you'd like to hear interviewed and I will do my best to deliver that to you. Producing the podcast is a labor of love. We put in a lot of time, money and effort behind the scenes. So if you enjoy Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast and would like to make a contribution via PayPal, Patreon or by Amazon to help ensure we continue to provide you with excellent content, please visit the contribute page on my website. Also and finally, if you are listening on iTunes, please take a minute to leave a rating. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit the subscribe bell. It improves visibility and will help me source excellent guests. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.